So if we're going back to this fiduciary standard that you want, and you think it's going to be hard to enforce it on stockbrokers who have a, a different duty of care and a different master, if you will, mm -hmm. do you think disclosure of whether you are a fiduciary to your client or to someone else would be at least part of the solution? There has to be disclosure. It has to be very sharp, very firm, very terse, uh, and quite understandable at first blush. The, the investor has a right to know that. And when you say disclosure, are we not only talking about fiduciary care, but would also be appropriate for full disclosure of fees? Because I, I know I talk to a lot of people that have various investments, and they don't understand how the person who has sold or worked with them gets paid. And I suspect that they are paying much higher fees and costs than they know. Would disclosure there be important? Well, we certainly need disclosure, very, very clear disclosure of fees, and whether they're paid as a percentage of assets, whether they're paid based on cost, like a professional fee per hourly or whatever it might be in terms of services rendered. And we need that disclosure. We also need the advisor to disclose to the client whether he gets a lot of other revenue sources, for example, is he also making commissions when he sells that client a mutual fund? Does he take those commissions as well as his advisory fee? Uh, and how much life insurance commissions are to him? All those kind of things must be disclosed, and they're very rife in the business. Yeah, it's interesting that you mentioned uh, disclosure because there's a guy who I've actually had on my radio show named uh, Blaine, Blaine Aiken or Atkin. And he is all for enforcing a fiduciary standard. And in preparing for today's uh, talk, I wanted to get an exact quote from him. I looked him up on Google, and what came up, he, there was a video, and it was a, what preceded it was a commercial for a high-cost annuity, which I'm sure he would not have approved. So I was thinking that that was a little bit ironic. Well, you know, if you understand, there's a great overlap, by the way, between the insurance business now and the mutual fund business. Um, because we're selling in the in mutual fund people, registered advisors selling annuities, they're selling variable annuities, a lot of things, and the insurance company learned long ago, I don't mean to be uncharitable to them, they learned if you want to sell a poor product, pay the salesman a lot of money, which is another way of saying if you want to sell a poor product, raise the price of that product. That's what brings the salesman in, the commissions. So it's got to be clear to people. And, and then hopefully people will decline certain products if they understand what the fees and costs are. Well, yes, I think up to a point only, though, because just about everybody underrates the importance of cost. Looked at in a year, you're paying 1% or 2%. Ah, what's 1% or 2%? Looked, at, looked over, at, over an investment lifetime, you know, if, you, if, you, if the more stock market, for, for crude example, is going to earn 9% and you're paying 2% for that, and a lot of people are paying a lot more than that, you're going to actually net 7%, 9 minus the 2% cost, okay? And if you look at a long-term compound interest table, you will see that uh, the 7% provides a return about 70% less than the 9% return. In other words, you, you, the investor, if you're paying 2% over a lifetime, are going to get... 30% of the market's return, even though you put up 100% of the capital and took 100% of the risk. 
If investors would only look at the long term and understand that, the world would change.